Will you join me in the prayer for illumination? May your blessings well up in our lives like a mighty river, O God. And may your word this day satisfy our deepest thirsts on our journeys. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 17. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water and the people complained against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it. So that place that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And a response is given from Psalms chapter 78. In the sight of their ancestors, he worked marvels in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan. He divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime, he led them with a cloud and all night long with a fiery light. He split rocks open in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow like rivers. This is the word of the Lord. Well, I have an idea for us this morning. I know that some point during the day today, each, each and every one of us is going to need something to drink. So what I suggest that we do is to stand up right now and go out to Weed Park together, and we can find one of those big landscape rocks that are out there, or maybe one of the big rocks that are along the bluff there that overlook the river. And what we will do in just a few minutes as we leave is I will take a a stick and I will hit a rock out there and from that rock water will come and we can drink and you're welcome to come with me and you can bring some uh, canteens you can bring a thermos or a bottle so you can get your water from this rock and fill up your canteen and carry around your water bottle all day long so that you will have plenty of water 
to drink and maybe even enough water for tomorrow evening. Anybody with me? You ready to go? Let's stand up and go now. All right. Well, if you're sitting there thinking that your pastor has gone crazy, you're in good company. I imagine that's how the people reacted when Moses told them that he was going to strike a rock with his staff so that they could all drink from a rock in the wilderness. It's hard to be in the wilderness. You would think that the journey from slavery in Egypt would lead directly to freedom in the promised land, but it's never that easy, is it? They define a line as being the shortest distance between two points, and the line from enslavement to freedom leads right through the wilderness. And out in the wilderness, we get tired, we get hungry, we get thirsty, and it's at that point when it's easy for us to say, like the congregation did then, Maybe it would be better off if we went back to Egypt, if we went back to slavery, because at least then we wouldn't be dying of thirst. And so when your leader says, let's play a game of rock, staff, and water, it's easy to think that, Lord, help us, he's gone off the deep end this time. But the Bible reminds us this morning that crazy ideas come from God. And when God is involved, then life takes on a certain meaning and purpose and focus. We see this in what God tells Moses to do. Go on ahead of the people, Moses. And more than that, take some of the leaders with you. I will be there in front of you, God says. Now go. Go out to Weed Park. It's not that crazy after all. So today, you are invited to recognize that God is out in front of your life. God is still saying to us individually and to us as a people, I am out there in front of you. Now go and live and drink from the water that I will provide for you. My water may come from a rock, but it tastes so much sweeter than the water that you used to drink, the water from your past. You see, God recognizes that the people of Israel are wavering between the points of despair and that of hope. And what God steps in with a crazy idea is allows the people to move forward with a story of hope. God is wise enough to recognize that not everyone is willing to go out to Weed Park on a Sunday morning and drink from a rock. God is wise enough to recognize that not everyone is going to get up and follow Moses when Moses offers them water from a rock. So God does something that's very enlightening, I believe. God says, you don't have to worry about taking all the people with you. Just take some of the people. Take the elders with you. Take the spiritual leaders, the leaders of the tribes who will represent all the people and take them. And what that small group of leaders does is that 
these leaders make that crazy idea of water from a rock seem just a little bit less crazy. And that's what faithful leadership does. It removes barriers between people and God. So I'd like for us to watch a video this morning about following and leading. It's called First Follower, Lessons from Dancing Guy. And as you watch this video, I apologize that it's very shaky in the video itself. But if you listen to the narration, you'll see that how he walks us through how one dancing guy can turn into a large group of people dancing together. Let's watch this. If you've learned a lot about leadership and making a movement, then let's watch a movement happen start to finish in under three minutes and dissect some lessons. First, of course, a leader needs the guts to stand alone and look ridiculous. But what he's doing is so simple, it's almost instructional. This is key. You must be easy to follow. Now here comes the first follower with a crucial role. He publicly shows everyone else how to follow. Notice how the leader embraces him as an equal. So it's not about the leader anymore. It's about them, plural. Notice how he's calling to his friends to join in. So it takes guts to be a first follower. You stand out and you brave ridicule yourself. Being a first follower is an underappreciated form of leadership. The first follower transforms a lone nut into a leader. If the leader is the flint, the first follower is the spark that really makes the fire. Now here's the second follower. This is a turning point. It's proof the first has done well. Now it's not a lone nut and it's not two nuts. Three is a crowd and a crowd is news. A movement must be public. Make sure outsiders see more than just the leader. Everyone needs to see the followers because new followers emulate followers, not the leader. Now here come two more people, then three more immediately. Now we've got momentum. This is the tipping point, and now we have a movement. As more people jump in, it's no longer risky. If they were on the fence before, there's no reason not to join in now. They won't stand out, they won't be ridiculed, and they will be part of the in crowd if they hurry. And over the next minute, you'll see the rest who prefer to stay part of the crowd, because eventually they'd be ridiculed for not joining. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how a movement is made. So let's recap what we've learned. If you are a version of the shirtless dancing guy, all alone, remember the importance of nurturing your first few followers as equals, making everything clearly about the movement, not you. Be public, be easy to follow. But the biggest lesson here, did you catch it? Leadership is over-glorified. Yes, it started with the shirtless guy, and he'll get all the credit, but you saw what really happened. It was the first follower that transformed a lone nut into a leader. There's no movement without the first follower. See, we're told that we all need to be leaders, but that would be really ineffective. The best way to make a movement, if you really care, is to courageously follow and show others how to follow. When you find a lone nut doing something great, have the guts to be the first person to stand up and join in. Okay, that video, in case you want to watch it later, and if that's the only thing you remember from the sermon, that's fine. It's called First Follower, 
leadership lessons from Dancing Guy. So you go to youtube.com and search for first follower and you can watch it again. And let me just recap a couple of the statements that he makes in the video. Being a first follower is an underappreciated form of leadership. The first follower transforms the lone nut into a leader. And then he says this, leadership is overglorified. There is no movement without that first follower. So what the invitation is, is not necessarily to be the shirtless guy out there dancing by yourself, but the invitation is for us to be first followers who will courageously step forward and join the shirtless guy and show others how to follow. Okay, so back to scripture, I think this is exactly what happens with Moses as he plays rock, staff, water with the thirsty people. Moses needed help, and the kind of help that he needed was the kind of leadership that stood up with him and courageously showed the rest of the people that his crazy idea of drinking water from a rock in the wilderness is not so crazy after all. And time and time again, if you look about how elders were used in scriptures, it was because they represented the people and they showed the people how to follow God's way. So leadership that you might provide here in this church or in your job or in your family, it doesn't have to be the kind of leadership where you stand up and announce some bold new initiative and say, come on, follow me. It could be that, but what God needs most to move the people from Egypt to the promised land is what God needs are the first followers. So as we have said before, we'll say it again, God is not calling us to do more. God may be calling us to do things differently. Examples of how things have gotten started would be the the. Um, the backpack program that somebody who was a shirtless lone nut said, you know what, it's not good and faithful stewardship for us to allow children to go home hungry when they don't have any food on the weekend. And so someone stood up and said, we need to provide a solution. And then that person had first followers who came along and said, I believe in what you're doing, let's do this together. And then the movement begins. And then all over this community we have people who are contributing even now, our children, through their Sunday school offering, are giving money to support uh, backpacks for the children in our community. It happens with the walk to Emmaus. People stand up and say, this has changed my life. And now the first followers come along and say, yes, I believe that happens too. Let's go do this together. People will follow the first follower, not the leader. It happens on Mondays now at noon when they have book Bible study downstairs. We have someone who stood up and said, you know what, we can have a Bible study during the week and we can do it during our busy work days. And when the first followers came along, then that has now turned into a pretty neat Bible study on Monday mornings where there were, uh, I think, f five, eight people there this past Monday saying it's okay to stop what I'm doing and have 45 minutes to study God's word. So perhaps the best way for you to be faithful and for you to live out your gifts and your skills that God has given you is to be 
a first follower. You don't have to be an elder of the church. You don't have to serve on the church's session. You don't even have to have been in this church for a great deal of time or a long-standing member of this community. You don't even have to be a member of this church. You can help many ways by being a follower who uh, wants to transform something because God has touched your life. You can lend your support by showing up and saying, I believe in what you're doing. You can lend your support and be a first follower by saying, I can't make it, but I believe in what you're doing. I commit to pray for you as you have this initiative. You can commit and be a first follower by giving financially to support new initiatives and create spaces for other lone nuts and crazy shirtless guys to dance who say, yes, we will get water from a rock. So it's time for us to redefine leadership as the video suggests and the way that Bible shows faithful leadership lived out day to day with what I would say is faithful leadership being someone who removes barriers between people and God. Whenever God moves a people forward, there are always going to be those who are murmuring about what is happening. There's always going to be pockets of resistance that show up and form barriers to God's future story where God is leading us. God knows that there are always going to be the first murmurers. What God is looking for, though, are the first followers. God knows that there are always going to be those who say, it's not going my way, but God is looking for leaders to point the people to God's way. So where is God calling you? How is God inviting you to grow in your faith, in your journey as you walk that path from Egypt to the promised land? The passing of June Riggler yesterday morning is the passing of a leader of the church. And in our definition for this morning, June was a leader of the church because she made it easier, not more difficult, for people to encounter God in their everyday life. Through her art and through her inspiration and the way she lived her life. I'm aware that some of you do not know who she was, but she was another pillar of the church whose passing is yet another significant transition within our church. We have suffered many such losses, and they do take their toll on our collective consciousness. So it is important for us to pay attention to our grief. It is important for us to acknowledge that things are different than they used to be. We may even conclude on most days that we don't like it one bit. Wilderness living is not an easy place to be. But yet God is still out in front of us. God is still inviting us forward into a future that is yet to be revealed. It is the kind of existence where we do move forward believing beyond belief that yes, indeed, water does come from rocks. The invitation remains for us as a congregation to lean into the future and say, perhaps I don't understand all of what we're doing, but I do give my support. 
I am going to let go of what is holding me back so that I can participate in yet in what is yet to be. Because I too believe that God is out in front of us. God is out in front of us asking us to do crazy things like play rock, staff, and water. I'm willing to stand here on Sunday mornings with you, on Wednesday nights, and whatever other day of the week it is necessary to proclaim the good news that we worship a God who does miracles in everyday living. To proclaim the good news that God will provide water for us in the wilderness times of our lives. Anyone care to join me? I just need a few first followers.